The Mortification of Spin from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. We continue only with your help. Visit mortificationofspin.org to make a donation or call 1-800-488-1888. That's 800-488-1888. Carl, Todd, and Amy are all over the importance of accountability, specifically in church leadership. Listen in as they discuss this important and timely issue. And keep listening after the podcast for details on how to receive your free, yes, free MP3 set. Welcome to the Mortification of Spin Bully Pulpit, uh, the shorter podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. I'm your host, Carl Truman, professor of church history at Westminster Theological Seminary and pastor of Cornerstone Presbyterian Church in Ambler. And I'm here with my uh, regular co-hosts, Amy Bird, the housewife theologian and uh, West Virginian uh, housewife par excellence, and Todd Pruitt, who is still, I believe, the pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Harrisonburg, Virginia. It's becoming a long, long pulpit ministry for Todd. Yeah, and my, and, and my friendship with you is becoming seemingly very long as well, Carl. Yes, so. yes, yes. It, it, friendships with me, a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand <laughs> years is as a day. Uh, we're recording this uh, on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving at a very interesting point in the culture of North American evangelicalism. Uh, serious allegations of plagiarism have been made by radio show host Janet Mefford against megachurch pastor Mark Driscoll. Uh, it is not our place to comment on those specific allegations in this podcast, but we want to use this incident as a platform for discussing the importance of a, what you might call, free press for evangelicalism uh, on blogs, on media, uh, everybody who speaks is to an extent owned or dependent upon somebody else, donors, constituency, whatever. It means that there's a limit to what any particular person can say. And that's why it's very important to have a diversity of voices out there to hold us to account. We at the Alliance, uh, we don't have a very big constituency. We don't have a, a huge uh, a constituency holding us to account. But there are certain things that I'm pretty sure the puppet master would not be very happy about us saying uh, on the program. And that's why it's important that there are other blogs, other podcasts, other places out there where alternative voices are heard. In the wider secular world, a free press is absolutely crucial to a healthy democracy. Everybody should have the right to speak. Not everybody deserves to be heard, but everybody should have the right to speak. And that same thing really applies within the subculture of evangelicalism. So we want to talk today about the importance of independent voices, of multiple voices within the evangelical subculture as a means of holding us all to account. Amy, you're a new author. Uh, plagiarism, of course, is something that all authors are, are required to avoid. Uh, you're also getting a taste of what it's like to, to put something out there in public and get pushback, uh, some of it hard and very critical uh, on, on what you say. What are your sort of thoughts on freedom of the press in evangelicalism? Well, first of all, with the, the plagiarism part, I and mean, that's a huge concern of mine. Uh, I actually think that I over cite references sometimes just because I'm fearful of taking somebody else's property. I, I read a lot and you, you're shaped by what you read. You want to make sure you give credit where credit is due. 
very thankful that my editors have worked well with me in that area. But also, you know, it, it doesn't feel good when someone's uh, given my work a, a harsh critique, but um, I'm thankful that people are actually taking the ideas that I'm writing about and um, wrestling with them and coming up with their conclusions. I'm actually more bothered when I'll see a review of my book that um, is just kind of fluffy, light review, and it doesn't really talk about any of the conversation that the reader was having with himself while they were reading it. I would rather them disagree with me and actually understand the points that I'm making than to not critically read it and uh, use discernment while they're reading it. Does that make sense? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Todd, do you have any reflections on that? Yeah, I, you know, me, I, now I'm, I'm the low man on the totem pole here. <clears throat> I only write a periodic article. I don't, I don't have books, and so I'm not uh, fabulously wealthy like you two. Um, mm, from, yeah. those, from those massive book uh, royalties that I'm sure you both get. Um, but, uh, but, but I think what, what you're both hitting on, um, anyone that has uh, a stake in um, teaching, uh, writing, preaching, uh, any kind of leadership within the church, uh, needs to be uh, welcoming to critique and to accountability. Um, and and. What I'm concerned about in the situation, Carl, that you brought up, that we're all kind of waiting around looking to see how it's going to turn out, what I'm concerned about is that I perceive a, um, an automatic uh, defensive uh, machine move into place when someone who's reached a very high status is called to account for something. Um, I'm trying to be very careful in the words I'm using, I'm sure you can tell, um, but what I see is a is a resistance to the critique of anyone who has reached a certain level of notoriety within the evangelical world, and in this case, young, restless, reformed, uh, the reformed subculture, etc. As if once you reach the status, it's 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 hands off. Yeah, and we we could be very cynical as well at this point and say, you know, once you reach a certain status, there's a certain amount of money tied right. up in this and money twists everything right now in terms of accountability there are formal mechanisms for accountability or there should be within individual churches we should have elders mm -hmm. uh, congregations if you're a presbyterian presbyteries holding our feet to the fire but there are also those informal mechanisms of accountability you know at a very uh, simple level my wife critiques my sermons for me she mm -hmm. holds me to accountable uh, mm -hmm. on, on those things right. when you get out there and become something of a media celebrity, uh, those informal mechanisms of accountability tend to, to drop away somewhat because there are a lot of people out there with a vested interest in your success. Right. Now, the secret of great leadership is not to surround yourself with yes-men, but when you're bringing in the big bucks, you will tend to find that you are surrounded by yes-men because mm -hmm. they are enjoying the money, the kudos, the credit that you bring to them or to their publishing company or whatever. And right. they will not hold you accountable in the way that you should be. Right, right. And that's why every, every person out there who is becoming well-known as an evangelical, either through their writing or their preaching or what have you, uh, is, is directly accountable to their church. And hopefully that church is a part of a denomination where there is real, formal, 
structured accountability so that I'm not left on my own to be quote unquote accountable to some hand selected uh, uh, board of directors who are megachurch pastors in other states. No, no. And I also think it's where it's important that you know, I've used this term on email with you guys. I know what I, what I would call craft blogs, just to give it a cool beer kind of <laughs> connotation. You know, Amy runs a craft blog, right. uh, The Housewife Theologian. Amy is not particularly beholden to anyone. Right. She can speak her mind. Now, one hopes that the elders at her church will pull her in if she gets out of hand. <laughs> but on the other hand, She's an important independent voice right. in the wide world. Now there are some loonies out there running their 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 blogs. They're more more your sort of, I suppose, uh, your bud light in the light basement blogs. in their pajamas. <laughs> 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 right. So you can learn fairly quickly who are the the individual independent bloggers who have good things to say, but they bring something important to the conversation. Because they're prepared to say the things that if, you know, if you've got 10, 20, 100, $200,000 invested in a guy, you're going to cut him a lot of slack on his behavior. Uh, the independent voice out there owes nothing to anybody or almost anybody and can oh, yeah. speak, speak the truth. I think it's important, too, in all this to, to recognize something that I think everybody wants, and, and that's unity. But um, we have to ask ourselves you know, what is our unity in? Is it in an establishment, an organization, or even certain people, or a brand, even? And then, or is it in the revealed truth in God's Word? Yeah. And that's yeah. where we find our unity. And, you know, even in both of those instances, unity comes with consequences. You know, yeah. wherever we take our stand that our unity is defined by, we're going to have consequences there. Sure, yeah. Yeah. And that's why I don't have any problem with, with Janet Mefford on one level doing and saying what she did, because to me, if she's speaking the truth, it'll come out. If she's not right. speaking the truth, she'll find herself on, on the receiving end of those who can provide evidence to show that she's spoken falsehood. What was so odd was that people seemed to be intimidated by the very fact she's spoken out. You know, had calls yeah. for boycotts of her show, this kind of thing. Well, it, you know, if she's telling lies, sure, boycott her show, but Absolutely. let's wait and find out first. Mm -hmm. She has the right to speak. Yeah. Uh, and either and, way, if it's the truth or a lie, <clears throat> she's got consequences there, doesn't exactly. she? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If, if it's yeah. true, then, then it's important that she shone a light on something. Um, if it's not true, then she'll be marginalized. And yeah. if it's not true, that would be the right thing for her to be marginalized. But if it yeah. is true, then we must never have within our own ranks as evangelicals, someone who is above accountability because that yeah. becomes very dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think the whole T.D. Jakes thing's demonstrated to right. us all that, that Mark Driscoll is above accountability. Yes, yes. Um, you know, the, the nice farewell he received from the Gospel Coalition said it all. Right. They couldn't afford to blow the money that that kind of guy brings them, even as he left them. It had to be done in a nice way that left the door uh, open. Right, right. Well, it kind of reduces people then this um, branding to someone to manipulate really yeah. and so you see that in all the spin coming out with this on both sides um, you know we're being told what to think yeah yeah, yeah. well I suspect within uh, within the next week or so um, there will be much more clarity um, on this very issue because uh, 
uh, if there are clear facts uh, to back up the accusation, uh, then it's going to go one way. And uh, although although we don't know, even if there are clear facts to back up the accusation, my fear is that there won't be uh, real accountability. And does anyone care? Yeah. 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 Does anybody care? Yeah. Yeah. If you like the Nietzschean Ubermenschen, the Nietzschean mm. Superman right. of evangelicalism, are beyond good and evil, and right. they determine what is morality. Right. That's mm. that would be the worst case scenario coming out from this. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and that and that very reality, and, and this is a, this is important to bear. Just as as we kind of wrap this session up, is is that um, it's it's disheartening to me that this happens within the uh, broadly speaking kind of reformed subculture here, because the reformed um, ethic, uh, the, the, and, more, and even more specifically the Presbyterian ethic, is, is to guard against such cults of personality. Now, it can still happen because we're still sinners, but our confessions of faith in the reformed tradition, our book of church order, um, does goes quite a way to mitigate against this sort of cult of personality, the untouchable uh, Superman. And uh, mm-hmm. may we uh, may we honor uh, that ethic that is drawn out in our confessions and in our uh, Book of Church order. So, well, uh, thanks uh, to Carl. Thanks to Amy for this uh, helpful discussion. I I hope that. Um, uh, it's been helpful for you. I hope that we can learn lessons from this as we go forward about the importance of honesty, the importance of accountability, the importance of openness um, within uh, within the church and within the wider uh, evangelical uh, culture. You have been listening to Mortification of Spin, Bully Pulpit, and we will talk to you again next time. This has been a Bully Pulpit from the Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Just for listening, you deserve something. How about a free MP3 set of four messages entitled Parables of Wisdom and Folly? Visit our website, mortificationofspin.org, and fill out the form. Mortification of Spin is a production of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Alliance ministries include Reformation21.org, Every Last Word with Philip Rankin, and events held from Florida to Sacramento. To learn more about the Alliance, visit AllianceNet.org or call 800-488-1888. We can only continue to bring these resources with your support. To make a donation, please visit MortificationOfSpin.org or call 800-488-1888. Please listen again, and don't forget your free MP3 set. You deserve it.